But Luke chapter 1. Let's go there. Brother Timothy read some of it, so I'm going to read again from verse 26. And then I'm going to skip what Brother Timothy read, and then we, <laughs> then we will go to the last. We will just read up to that point, up to verse 45. All right. Let's read together Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked. The angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, holy, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you who you among women, and blessed is the child who will you, you child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. So far, may God bless the reading of his precious word. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. Father, thank you that you are always with us. You go before us. Nothing is confused and uncertain about you. You know where to take us, what to do, and how to accomplish it. And this morning, Lord, we come before you and we ask that you will touch our lives and bless us as you minister to us today. Won't you encourage us, Lord? Lord, we think of the Pollard, I think of Cameron all the way in, the, in USA. Lord, we, we, we pray that you will just be with him as he hears the news. And uh, we just pray for those related to Derek, Lord, that you will just be with them and that you will be the God of all comfort to them. 
Father, we, we honor you for the life that he lived. And uh, Father, it could not have been easy without his partner. But you were with him, Lord, and you kept him. And we thank you for that, Lord. And thank you that he can be with you now in your presence, rejoicing, Lord. And we, we honor you for that. Lord, he's gone ahead of us. He's been promoted before us. And uh, Lord, we know that that life is way beyond this life. Nothing compares to life in heaven. Life with you, Lord. And we thank you for that. And Lord, we pray that we will prepare ourselves here on earth to also experience what Derek is at this moment is experiencing. Father, we come now and we thank you also for the privilege of just being present and to be here with our fellow brothers and sisters. We pray that you will use your word to establish us, encourage us, and to just reach to the inner recesses of our lives and reach where we need to be reached this morning. And won't you bless us, Lord? We thank you again for your faithfulness. And won't you go with us further, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Touching heaven. That's the title of the message, eh? <laughs> Have you ever touched heaven? You know what it's like to touch heaven. Have you ever encountered something where you know that heaven was touched? That is why this has happened in my life. Have you ever been there? I'm sure each one of us can relate some experiences and have some stories of how heaven in all its grace and beauty and power touched our lives. The story of Christmas found in the gospel is unexpected for the people of God. God has been silent for 400 years as we heard last week. Many of them felt forgotten and yet in a quiet, dark countryside, God remembered and came to them in unexpected ways. He came in the form of a baby. How do you like that? Not to the king or powerful leaders, but to the ignored, the mistreated and overlooked in society. He shows up in unexpected ways to unexpected people. When we come to this time of the year, we can find ourselves in places of insecurity, uncertainty, and fear. And we ask ourselves, am I significant? Is God nearby? What is my purpose? Then we see Mary, a young woman in a forgotten rural town, pledged to be married to a local carpenter who has an, an angelic visit and gives birth to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? An angelic visit. Have you had an, an angelic visit lately? In her story, we find a picture of God's grace shown, received, spread, and responded to. And it includes us as well. Isn't it amazing? Our Heavenly Father wants us to touch heaven for others. Did you hear that? 
He wants us to touch heaven for others. He wants us standing in the gap for others. Making intercession before him for others. Connecting with his world. Establishing his kingdom on earth. That's what our Heavenly Father wants for us. You see, heaven represents a realm of superiority over the earth. Hence, nothing on earth, nothing on earth, I want to repeat that, nothing on earth can hinder heaven. Nobody's saying amen to that. So that means you don't believe it. <laughs> when we touch heaven, he is present, not distant. Our God is not a distant God. Our Heavenly Father is available to us at all times. Our Heavenly Father is aware of everything that is happening to us right now. He is present not distant. Heavenly grace, or should I put it, divine grace, maybe I should say celestial grace, unlimited, that's probably a better way, unlimited grace, closes the gap. Whatever gaps there are, closes those gaps. Whatever gaps are in your life, there are in your life today. He's able to close those gaps. His outstretched arm is not too short to cover any distance. No matter where, how far it reaches, he's able to reach us there. Our God and Heavenly Father is so amazing. Gabriel went from God to Galilee, from the seat, a seat, or the throne, rather, of the sovereign of the universe to the most destitute region of an oppressed nation during a time of great darkness. That is an act of grace to go from God to Galilee. It's an act of grace already for the purpose of bringing good news to a deprived teenage girl announcing her part in God's gift to the nations. Say this year, this morning, let His unlimited grace cover you, hold you, infuse you or fill you. It is available to us regardless of our place and our status. Americans would say status, eh? She is young, probably not more than 15, maybe even younger than 15. A needy girl in a poverty-stricken region. She has proven nothing. In fact, if you were going to give the great responsibility of carrying and raising God's Son to someone, you would look for someone with resources and influence. But that is not how grace works. Isn't it true? 
Grace is unearned, undeserved. It is available to us regardless of our accomplishments or lack thereof. Heavenly grace, divine grace, celestial grace, unlimited grace moves us from fear to favor. And that is why the angel speaks to to, to Mary, uh, greetings, you who are highly favored. And he's saying that to each one of us here this morning. Greetings, you who are highly favored. Visited by an angel, she is told, despite contrary circumstances, she is favored by God. His grace can come in an instant and change you, or it can be a process. And most of us prefer the instant. But His grace seems to always come to us via a process. Isn't it true? We don't want it, but that's what happens. Eh? Mary responds to the angel with willingness to walk this out because she is God's servant. As she processes this, she is not self-focused, but servant-focused. Verse 38, may it be to me according to your word, according to your purposes. I am your servant, she says. May it be. She has a desire for, for not her will, but God's will to be done. Even in the process, he is not distant, but present. He's always there with us. He's present with you right now. My brother, my sister, he is not a God who is absent, a God who is aloof. He is not a God who is cold and indifferent. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in overwhelming circumstances. He is a prayer away. He is listening. He cares for you. He has not and will not abandon us. We are loved with a relentless, ever-present love from which we cannot be separated, according to Romans 8, verse 38. Death cannot separate us from it. Life cannot Angels or demons cannot. Nothing can separate us from his love. But then secondly, when we touch heaven, he turns nothing into something. He turns nothing into something. Natural processes could not have brought the Son of God. We must remember that. Natural processes could not have brought the Son of God. It is beyond the capacity of human parents to produce a child who is God. Did you ever think about that? Humankind cannot bring forth a, forth a Jesus any more than it can bring forth true and lasting peace. Only God can do it. Only God will do it. There are certain things that only the Lord can do. 
Natural processes cannot bring it about. Human capacity cannot bring it about. Only the Lord can bring it about. So whatever has been happening in your life, remember this. It might appear impossible to you, but only the Lord can make it happen. Mary was just as helpless as Joseph to make this happen. Our human impossibility is overcome by the irresistible power of God. Cannot resist his power. His grace makes the impossible possible. This includes a miraculous birth, and it also includes the miracle of new birth when we become children of the Lord. Human impossibility, spiritual ignorance, hardened hearts, pessimism, doubts, despair, hopelessness can only be overcome by the irresistible power of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, he wants your need to collide with his power. And I want to say this, when your need collides with his power, the impossible becomes possible. Impossible situations are the times to tap into the creator's creative power. You may think there is nothing for the Lord to work with in your life. But as we heard last week, but did you know that God created everything ex nihilo? Can you remember last week? Which means out of nothing. Out of nothing. He is the only one who creates out of absolutely nothing. He can create something out of nothing in your life this morning. He can create something out of nothing in your family this morning. He can create something out of nothing in your spiritual journey today. He can create something out of nothing in your finances. Let's get even closer to that. In your business. In whatever you are dealing with. In your, your impossible situation. He can create something out of nothing. No one. No one, no one is beyond his reach. Isn't it wonderful? Eh? No one is beyond his reach. Nothing is beyond his reach this morning. But then finally, when we touch heaven for others, we need to realize this that he is bigger than our obstacles. It's 39 to 55. He is bigger than our obstacles. While God is giving a gift that will bless the entire world, Mary's life is about to become very complicated. You must remember here, it's very complicated, inconvenient, at times very difficult. Her home life might be complicated when she tells her parents about her pregnancy. Her relationship with the man she is going to marry is going to be awkward and challenging to navigate before an angel tells Joseph the same news. 
She will endure shame and a tarnished reputation with those in her small town. By God sending a messenger to talk with Mary, he is telling her, it's in your, probably in your notes there, he's telling her, I am bigger, bigger than your unusual circumstances. I'm bigger than your situations and experiences that you are going through right now. I will be with you no matter how difficult they seem. I am with you and I, and I will be with you. What I am doing is for you. Did you hear that? But it is also so much bigger than you. Isn't that how the Lord works? It's always bigger than us, eh? Mary hurries, the Bible says in verse 39, she hurries to share fellowship with Elizabeth, verse 39. When Mary arrived, she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Verse 40 says that, eh? Our modern Western greeting is quick and simple. We must remember that. However, in that culture, a greeting was an extended social event. Do you know that? Involving a lengthy dialogue. It was an extended social event. They would eat the whole day. There would be food. There would be everything there that is good. <laughs> and they would, uh, you know, and there would be a lengthy dialogue. The two women would have shared with each other their amazing recent experiences of pregnancy. What a wonderful encouragement they would have been to each other. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped, the Bible says. You know whom? Verse 41. Brothers and sisters, again, his grace can reach anywhere, even into the womb. Did you hear that? His grace can reach anywhere, even into your womb this morning. His grace can reach anywhere. Period. Anywhere. There are people in your life right now that need your time. God has placed them there for you to specifically pour into, to encourage, to strengthen their faith, to invest deeply in them. Won't you do that? There are also people that you need to hurry to this morning. They will invest in you and pour into you the way Elizabeth poured into Mary's life as she hurried there. We should be ready, brothers and sisters, to give a blessing. Are you ready to give a blessing to someone today? The first words out of Elizabeth's mouth when Mary walked into her home were words of blessing. We need to carefully watch our words. We need to be ready to speak words of blessing in the lives of others. Words of life into the lives of others. We should also give others a reason to sing. Have you ever given someone a reason to sing? Not only um, 
a blessing but a reason to sing. Elizabeth's words of blessing to Mary caused her to break out into praise. She praised God. She magnified the Lord. Eh? From verses 46. I ask you again. <laughs> have your words or what you have done given others reason to praise God and to break out into praise? When people are with you, do you make them want to sing? Eh? Or do you make them want to cry? <laughs> do you so encourage their hearts that they are ready to praise God? Eh? Have you fanned the flame of their faith? Do they leave you ready to boldly worship the Lord and to sing His praises? Ready to face the future because they trust the Lord. Eh? Bible says, Mary exalts the Lord from the depths of her soul. My soul magnifies the Lord. The depths of her soul. For being mindful of her. Being mindful of her. He was mindful of her. If he is mindful of her, don't you think he's mindful of you? Before this moment, not one in history knew her name. Nobody knew her name. Yet he knew her name. And he knows your name too. Even your nickname as well. He sees you wherever you are. He is mindful of you. He remembers you. She was not anyone powerful or important. Yet, he remembered her. He did not overlook her. Yes, Mary exalts the Lord from the depth of her soul. Secondly, for being the mighty one. Not only for being mindful of her, but for being the mighty one. Brothers and sisters, he is far above all kings and powers. And yet, he reaches out to the needy, the humble, and the anxious. Mary was nobody. But now, all generations remember her and call her blessed. Can you remember where you have come from? Do they call you blessed this morning? Only that testimony alone. Only that would stand the test of time for eternity. In your life, people call you blessed. Do they call you blessed this morning? Mary exalts the Lord from the depth of her soul for extending mercy, verse 50. Brothers and sisters, he shows mercy and kindness to all people, even to his enemies. He shows mercy. They don't deserve or not any one of us, we don't deserve what he does for us. And that's not only grace. It's, you know, when I think of mercy, you always hear me say this, what should happen to us doesn't. That's mercy. I deserve the worst. But it doesn't happen. 
Now, if you compare grace and mercy, mercy is undeserved favor. I mean, grace is undeserved favor. Mercy is what should happen to us doesn't. What we deserve, in other words, doesn't happen to us. And I thank the Lord for his mercy. Thank the Lord for his grace. Thank the Lord for his keeping power. He gives them life. That's what he does. In his mercy, he gives us life. He gives us breath. He gives us families. He gives us many good gifts every day of our lives. It's not his grace. It's his mercy. We don't deserve it. It's undeserved. Yes, grace. Grace. But what have we done to deserve so much from him as he extends his mercy to us? From generation to generation, he has given special mercy to those who reverence him. Mary knows that there is no one who can successfully challenge God's power. No one can match his mighty deeds. She exalts him for his sovereign grace. I love that word sovereign. His supreme grace. When I think of his supreme grace, you know what it does? It reverses the injustices around us. It reverses all the negativity around us. And it picks us up and takes us to places we've never been before in him. Isn't that amazing? It's what mercy is all about, and that's basically what we're going to hear this morning in terms of the Word of God. I want to conclude by saying that somebody touched heaven for you. That is why you are here today. Somebody is still touching heaven for you today. That is why you are so blessed and so protected that is why so many things are happening in your life. Undeserved. Somebody touched heaven for you. And I want to challenge each one of us here this morning. When you leave here, won't you touch heaven for somebody today? Won't you make a difference in a family's life, in an individual's life, in someone's life today? as you touch heaven for them. Amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Won't you bless us, Lord, as we touch heaven for someone today. Amen.